Abraham Negan. I am Negan. What's up, what's up, people? Welcome to another episode of I Am Negan, a TWD Universe podcast. As you know, we cover everything Walking Dead, and right now we're in the midst of covering two of the spinoffs from Walking Dead proper. That's World Beyond and Fear the Walking Dead. Tonight's episode is Season 1, Episode 8 of World Beyond. The sky is a graveyard. I am your host, Adam Vale. Tonight I'm joined by Dana Abercrombie. I'm excited to be here. And Richard Bailey Jr. Good evening, ladies and gentlemen. Wow, people. Wow. That's all I got to say. A lot, lot going on in all this. We, If you've heard our last episode, you know how we feel about this series. Uh, we're not too thrilled about it. It's got issues. It's got a lot of issues. It had promise at the beginning, and then it turned into some freeform teeny bop with zombies. It, it just, whatever. But this one sort of picked up and, and cleaned things up in a bit, and it, it had a flow to it. I have to say that. Not too fond of the writing. There were some issues there. But real quick, thanks again for everybody that's been listening. It's been great. I'm just glad that everyone's enjoying this. Hey, if you feel like commenting, you got your own thoughts, whether it's positive or negative, go ahead and leave it in the comments if you're on YouTube. For all the people subbing and listening on Spotify, and there is a lot. Thanks again. And uh, we're still going to be back. We got some more news recently that Walking Dead proper, the was it additional six episodes, the con- expansion of season 10 will be returning February 10th. Right, Rich? Is that right? February 10th? Actually, it's towards the end of February. I think it's like around the 26th or okay. the 28th. I was off by a lot of dates. But you know what? It's in February. So there you go. Sometime in February, toward the end of February, we know that that's coming back. And that's good to know. Right? So... There we go. But we also know that uh, this is episode eight. There's only 10 episodes for this first season. Thank God. Uh, so we got two more there. And then tomorrow, and we'll, we'll have that early in the day, we have Fear the Walking Dead, the midseason finale. So that's happening. And that's it. So, yeah, lots going on. And let's just dive right into it. Boom. Here we go. So as you know from the last episode, Tony, the magic man, was found dead. Everybody found him dead, and then we see Silas in the closet. He looks out of it. His weapon that he carried with him was all bloodied up. It looks like he did the deed, right? So here it is. We see that Silas is outside in, like, the playground area, and he's tied up. It's at night. Tied up at night. Don't know why they did this. There's still walkers, or in the show, empties out there. I was like, why not just have him in the basement or lock him in a room? whatever you know maybe they just felt he was just safer out there and you hear the group inside and they're all trying to figure out what to do next they're all like we can't believe he did this iris is in shock elton is the only one pretty much taking his side he's like no we know silas he can't do this i'm like well we know about his dad and all that stuff like we at that point i would i thought that that would have been the moment that Felix jumps in and says, no, this is what really happened. But he doesn't. He says it later in the episode, but this would have been the key part to say it in his defense, in Silas's defense. But still, everybody's pointing fingers and are all seeing him. It's like, hey, he, that was his weapon. Got a dead body. Here's a guy who has a history of murdering people from you know what they know is murdering the, the father. And so he's tied up outside. And it's just, uh, it was very, whatever. 
that that was that was that that's just how they they played it out and i get it but the the other part was when felix then goes up he takes out the bag that silas had i guess i, I don't know if it was already packed or if they never unpacked they never really explained that if this is like his go away bag or whatever but anyway it was he had his bag they empty it out and what do they find a lot of the drawings that Iris had did, and this was way back at the, the campus. Now, we know that he was fond of this stuff. We know he was fond of a lot of things. He picked up her her poetry and all that stuff. So they were like, oh, wow. And Hope is like, this means that he's been digging in our trash. He's a psycho. He, he you know, and she was like, what? I don't get it. He said, like, come on. And this is, again, this is something that we saw before. And, and Hope makes it seem like she's so observant. But yet, this is the one time she brings up, well, you know he really liked you. And then the way you were acting with Percy. And she's like, what do you mean? What do you mean? Come on now. Now, Iris is going to play it off like she wasn't the falling uh, for Percy. To, to be fair... Iris can be very smart in some things, and when it comes to romantical things, she doesn't understand anything. So that, for me, was believable. All right, all right, you could. And also the fact that I believe that it was, you see, that was the bag that he was always carrying with him. Yeah. And I believe that it was Huck who said, "I'm, I'm sorry," when she was right next to him outside, picked up the bag. Yeah, yeah, she picked up the bag spilled everything out which meant to me when you say i'm sorry in regards to what you're going to show the whole group i think that means that she already knew that huck not huck i'm sorry that felix. um feel it no not felix silas had this kind of now i don't want to say obsession but like deep admiration for her and that's why he was she was going to show drawings to the rest of the group but we all knew this that's the thing i'm sure everybody knew this well yes we're looking on the outside but sometimes you get those people who are really smart in one thing and they're really you know they're survivalists and everything else but when it comes to romance iris has shown that she's not that bright when it comes to certain things dealing with romance even the whole situation with percy and percy and and the the other kid yeah, yeah, the smoldering CW guy. Yeah, so they made a big stink about the drawings, and I, I didn't really flip out, or I didn't find it shocking when I saw it. Now, it would have been crazier if, if they found a bunch of letters saying, I love you, I can't wait to lay next to you, uh, I want to feel your warm body, you know, creepy shit like that, but we didn't find any of that. We just found drawings. That was it. And I was like, you know what? I don't, and again, this is from what we know, I don't think she knows that uh, he picked up that, that poem a few episodes back, we saw the flashback where he was cleaning up. She dropped something and he picked it up and he kept it. I don't know if she knows that. She probably doesn't. That's just something for us. But uh, I, I don't know. I didn't I didn't see an issue with that. But again, up in arms, everyone's like, this is it. And, you know, we got to get rid of him. And while they're doing all of that, it does a little camera shot. They show Silas up there and he's looking up at the stars. And it's... This is, we talked about this off air, really cool little counterclockwise camera shot. It's like zooms in, counterclockwise, the whole image. And if you guys watched it at home, you know what I'm talking about. And those who just want, this is a spoiler. It was really cool. It rotates counterclockwise. Now he's like upside down. And then in the bottom left, it just fades in world beyond. Pretty cool. I like that. That was a, that was a nice little touch. So real quick, before we go into the, the meat and potatoes, what did you guys anything i know you jumped in a little bit dana but rich you got anything you want to say about this little intro here of how we saw the situation for silas uh i love the uh intro uh you know with the titles and the effects so i would give them props for that as for how the episode uh opened 
that to me felt very appropriate because again, considering what happened at the end of the last episode, this is just a continuation. And now you see that now Silas is tied up outside. So I was, I was totally fine with how it opened up. I have no issues. Yeah. Yeah. All right. So we will get, I did. Oh, I have one more issue. No, my thing, I think you already kind of expressed it earlier. The fact that you have this kid, and you tie him up to a, what was it a swing? Yeah, it was like the something. swing, the, the the post of like one of the swings. The random post at one does not look very strong to begin with. He's out there in the cold at night with the walker, so I'm kind of confused. Are they okay if he dies? And I don't know why you just wouldn't keep him in the house. Yeah, that was because he was already inebriated apparently mm-hmm. in the closet not fully aware of himself. So to drag him all the way outside, tie him up very poorly onto this post didn't make any sense. I didn't know what they was trying to accomplish with that. Yeah, it was it was definitely very odd. But hey, that's the approach they went with it. All right, so uh, the next scene here is the flashbacks. There's a lot of flashbacks in this one. But this one, it makes more sense out of all the others because now we find out exactly what happened. And it looks like he was having an altercation with his dad. And when his dad, this is Silas, and it was in a nice house, everything looks clean. And that was the other thing. I just, I don't know. Something about clean houses and turmoil and things happening, I feel it doesn't matter. Not that it doesn't matter, but it doesn't mesh well with uh, how they describe the situation. I don't know, whatever. It's just my own little thing. So anyway, it, it, uh, we see that he's there in the house. He gets into a little altercation with his dad. His dad starts choking him against a wall. So we hear a lot of screaming. The mom is there. Well, no, the mom is not there. Sorry, we just hear him screaming. Dad's screaming. Dad is screaming at him, going hard on him with this whole thing. A lot of crazy flashbacks where then we see another quick flashback where he is, Silas is listening to headphones. He's at a dinner table with his parents and he's listening to music. Now I have kids. That's a no, no, you don't do that. But they didn't say anything. He's already sitting there and he has it on. And the dad is trying to tell him, it's like, hey, we're going to go get a present for your mom and this and this and that. And he's not listening, obviously. And then it does a quick jump like he's about to attack him. But anyway, we get back to this flashback because, it's again, there's a lot of flashbacks back and forth. He's got him against the wall. He's choking him. Silas grabs onto an object, hits his dad over the head. Dad not gets knocked down. Silas and all of a sudden, now again, this is when Silas kept talking about he gets into these uh, blackout moments. He doesn't recall any of this later on. But this, I guess, is when he blacked out. After he hit his dad, he goes over, he goes over and he just starts ground and pounding him. He gets on top, just bashing him up. Because then in another quick flashback moment, you see Silas is at the corner, and then he goes over, and he looks at his dad all bleeding on the floor, and he's like, Dad, are you okay? Like, like as if, like, oh, somebody broke in and beat your ass. Who did that? And the dad is looking at him, like, all bloody and, and choked up, and like, you, 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 like, you did this shit. What the hell's wrong with you? But then, and not to jump too far ahead, but it's only because it's never really addressed later on. Does the dad also black out? Is that something? Because he says, oh, it happened to my dad. It happened to my dad. Is he saying, when Silas always keeps repeating that, is he just saying that when I black out, it's like the situation with my dad? Or is he trying to say that my dad had an issue of blacking out as well? Because we know the dad, obviously, is abusive to Silas and the mom. And was he trying to play? Because I didn't see any bottles of liquor or any of that. There was no talk of alcohol or drug abuse. 
So is this something that happens that the dad gets angry, he blacks out, he attacks, and does not remember? Did did any of that stuff, did you guys pick any of that? Or it, does any make sense? Uh, I have a comment to make about that. Um, my my takeaway, when they had the scene where they were eating at the, at, at the table and obviously Silas had on the headphones, and you see one minute the father is talking to Silas, talking about we have to get a gift for your mom, and everything seems cool, and then all of a sudden, because he didn't like how Silas wasn't responding, that's when he snapped. I thought that he meant that the father has these moments where he does snap, and all of a sudden he becomes abusive. Or it's some type of, if he sees that the response is not what he wants from either Silas or the, or his wife, that he will snap on him like that. That, that was what I uh, thought that he meant when he said that his dad has these moments where he just snaps uh, so I don't know what he was referring to with the blackout in regards to his father per se, but that was what I got out of that based off of what they showed me in the episode with that particular scene. Yep. That's what I got as well, that you become so enraged. And we've seen it before. You become so enraged that you black out, and that's when you start fighting people. Hmm. Yeah, yeah. Well, well that... Because I was just trying to figure that whole thing out. If he was just trying to say that this is a known condition within the family and that that's why they didn't say anything. Because I usually, just to go with it, when, which shows when they introduce some kind of uh, spousal abuse or something going on in the household, it's always related to like drugs or alcohol. It's always something no. like that. I was like, oh, dad likes to drink. And he there gets is, abusive. There is the medical term called rage blackout. Which is defined by extreme primitive anger that is followed by unconsciousness. It's an actual thing that happens. And Mm. you don't need drugs or alcohol. All right. Well, right toward the end of that scene, while he's taking a look and seeing what's going on with his uh, dad, and he's on top of him, well, just checking on him. This is because it was a lot, like I said, there was a lot of weird flashbacks, but now it's sort of, it's a flashback, but present flashback, where he's just looking at his dad, bloody on the floor, and then we hear there's a knock at the door. And there's a lot of knocks on the door. It's very, in, even in my note, I was. I wrote this down. I was like, this is obsessive because if someone's just visiting, they would knock and then they'd just be quiet. But this is like banging on the door. So I was like, well, it's either somebody that knows what's going on inside or somebody that is trying to get inside because of something else that's happening outside. I don't know. But it was just something it just in my own head. It triggered with all of this. Right, so then uh, we get to the the next scene, and it's again everybody just still trying to figure out what's going on. What is the plan with Silas? Because we have Huck and Felix talking about it, and Huck is like, "Well, um, Felix is like, what do we do? Or do we just banish him? Do we just send him off?" And Huck was like, "You know, what we have to do is probably go back. We have to go back, and and they have a trial, that type of thing, and, and we just put this all together." Which is kind of odd that you say that now. It's like you, you now you want to go back after uh, all this. You just went across the Mississippi, and that was a, a whole thing to do. You even said once you make it across, there's almost no way to get back, at least no easy way. So why even bring that up as an option? If anything, it was like you know what, we just leave him here. We just send him out on his way. What else can you do? I mean, real quick before I go, that just that was that right there for me was a trigger. Like, come on now. This is a no-brainer then. If you think he did this and you think he's a threat, then you just either, I, I don't think they would put him down, they wouldn't kill him, but then you just banish him, right? You don't even consider going back to the campus. Huh, Dana? 
such a harsh thing to do because it's like well right now at the they, end of the day he's still a he's a kid right yeah yeah but i mean they they because that was the thing we also mentioned with uh felix because he says well we can't even find per- the percy he saw a blood trail go mm-hmm. off into the woods area he doesn't know if percy's dead you know right now they know that tony's uh-huh. dead they don't know what's going on it's like what was the point of all of this but then right. they're not really even asking him. That was the other thing that I had an issue with. If anything, have him tied up in like one of the rooms and interrogate him. No, you tie him up outside and then you discuss what you're going to do with him. Well, they did yeah. that all off camera. Yeah. Because remember, they was like, he says he doesn't remember anything yeah, and he yeah, just he woke up. So, they showed everything off camera. So let, let me just make a, a quick comment here. I, I agree 100% with everything that... Uh, that Dana and you said earlier about you probably should have had him in the same building as opposed to outside. So I agree a hundred percent with that. I just want to make a comment and say this, uh, Elton is what I will call a real one because this is the only guy that was willing to stand by him and didn't believe that he did any of this stuff, Mm -hmm. the whole episode. And so for that, I have to give him props to that. He has a real friend in this character. Um, well, but, then, yeah. yeah, right now, that's the next scene, and that's exactly what happens. While everyone's having this discussion, your boy Elton goes out there, and, and even <laughs> Silas is like, don't, don't come, it's not safe. Like He's like, no, it is safe, it's, it's cool, it's like, I'm, I'm here to help you, I'm going to help you out with this. I don't believe you did this, this is not you. And he's like, you don't know me, I black out, things like this happen. He's like, no, I've seen you, 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 you get uh, you raging toward walkers and stuff, never to hurt any of us. And I'm going to do everything I can to get you out of this because I don't think you did it. That that was a key moment there. So that's what you're talking about. Mm-hmm. It's like how, and he even later on, he brings up Elton talking to Hope about all this. And she's like, what are you defending him? It's like, well, this, he's family. This is it. I don't have mm-hmm. a family. You guys are my family. Elton, I mean, uh, Silas is my family. So I'm, I'm going to try to help him out. And Iris also takes takes his side as well. Because, you know, she's the kind of gullible one to this. <laughs> Her whole adventures has always just been gullible. We should mm-hmm. trust Percy, you know, and everyone. Else. So yeah. Yeah, 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 yeah. All right. So then we get another. There was a lot of flashbacks. We got another flashback with uh, Silas, and now he's back over his dad again. We're hearing the knocks on the door, so he goes over, opens up the door, and there's a woman there. And she basically just says it outright. She was like, you know what? The walls are thin. I share a wall. And I hear a lot of things that I don't want to hear. So where's your mom? I want to see your, your mom. Make sure she's okay from that. And I, I'm just paraphrasing. But she was like, yeah, that piece of shit of a father you have. So I want. So she's assuming now that he's just beating on the mom. He, she heard all the commotions. And then he says, hey, no, no. Mom, mom's not home. Mom, mom's at work. Woman pauses. She takes a look at uh, Silas, like, are you okay? Because then now she's putting it together. I was like, oh, then he's beating on you. So is everything okay with you? And he was like, well, um, and he, a lot of pauses. And usually that's a sign. Something's going on. There was a lot of pauses there. And she's like, hey, listen, don't worry. I can get, uh, there's a safe place I know for you and your mom. I can get you both out of this situation. You know, and she puts her hand out and she's like, come on, let's go. And he he could have, but, you know, in these situations, and especially what's going on now where he, I don't know if he knows that he just killed his dad, or maybe that he just beat him really bad, but he was like, eh, no, I, it's all right, forget it. And he just closes the door. 
know, he just he just moves on on with that. He was like, there goes that. But the key part of this is that once he closes the door, he turns around and dun dun dun. You know, in my head, I had that um. Uh, one of those uh, Michael Meyer moments, you know, ding, 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 you know, it's because like, because whenever they, they, whoever they're fighting against, whoever's fighting against Michael Myers, they beat his ass, and then when they look back, he's gone. They're like, what happened? He just got up and left, you know. But before I move on, there's a, 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 a an issue with this scene right here. Because the layout, the way they show it, is a hallway. Now, if you guys seen the episode, then you know what I'm talking about. There's a hallway, and straight to the left is the door, right? It's straight. That's the open of the door. Now, right behind, right to the right side of the front door are the stairs that take you upstairs. So here it is. He turns around to look. He doesn't see his dad. Again, later there'll be another flash where we'll get to it. But it's, this is the part to mention it because it's the one time we see it. He hears noises coming from upstairs. So then he goes up to the stairs. My point is, if what we see happen here, obviously he got up. Whether he got him when just injured or if he turned. Still, he would have to just brush past Silas's back to go up the stairs. How do you if how do you pass him and not know that? You know what I mean? How do you not hear him or even if if he is a walker, how does he pass fresh meat that's just has his back turned at an open door? That that I didn't understand that. That scene right there just threw me off. I get where they were going with and why they wanted to do it, but then you should have picked a different house to put this set in because the well, the, the design didn't play out well. I agree 100% that that was a very uh, poorly written uh, scene from that perspective because, uh, yeah, anyone, you you would definitely see the father coming behind because he would have to turn around and then walk up the stairs. So he would pass by that that door that, that, that doorway. So that was not a good decision to, to do it that way. The only reason why, of course, they did it that way is because they wanted you to believe as a viewer, well, the father could be anywhere. And and therefore, you know, the whole thing about trying to keep people on the edge of their seat and keep them scared is that, well, he can pop up anywhere. But still, that was not uh, done well because you can see clearly he would have to pass by Silas to get up the stairs. Now, the only other explanation would be, well, maybe at that point he didn't turn and maybe all of a sudden, as the matter of convenience, Dana would say, he got upstairs and all of a sudden, okay, now he turned into a <laughs> a, 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 a empty yeah, so and, and, you know we'll just get to that because that that's pretty much the next one. Because there's another little scene. Felix goes out to visit, uh, so I see how he's doing, which is also bullshit. He was like, "Hey, you need a drink? How, how you doing? Is everything okay? What the, what the what the, is this shit? He's not just hanging out there. You tied him up outside, where there's could be possible empties out there. Come on, it, it's a horrible scene, and you're accusing him of murder, and he blacks out. He doesn't know, so he's confused. They have a little back and forth. He was like, listen, I don't know. Maybe I did it. Maybe I didn't do it. Do you think I did? I don't know. I need more info. This is Felix. I need more info. I can't give you. I don't know. And then we get back to the flashback. He's back in the house. He hears the noises coming from upstairs. He goes upstairs. He's looking around. He takes a look. He sees the back, uh, I guess, of his dad. He thinks it's his dad. Turns him around. Or he turns around. We don't really know. We just see the the... The dad turned around, and he's a zombie. He's a walker. He's an empty, whichever way you want to call it. And that's where we had this issue. That's why we're like, how? Because that means if that was the case, he had turned when he was on the floor from the ass whooping that he took from his son. So then if he turned, that 
it, the first thing he's going to do is attack the fresh meat. Well, straight down the hall is his son who's peeking out of the door, who's not really paying attention. He could have easily just attacked him. But no, he keeps turning, almost makes that weird U-turn to go up the stairs. And even if someone would say, oh, well, what if he didn't turn? What if he was just injured and wanted to go up the stairs? That still, you would have heard that. He would have been slumping. We would have seen all of that. The woman would have heard it. The neighbor would have heard it. It's like, I hear all this commotion behind you. What's happening? Oh, oh, that's what the, oh, my, da- oh, oh. You know, that could have been, whatever. It was forced. But the point is, there's a confrontation. Dad's reaching for him. They're doing a little struggle. He pushes him. He then backs out, goes running into his room. Silas does, and he locks the door. Right? And I'm just meshing this together because there was a lot of flashback back and forth. But let's get to this because this was the meat, and, the meat and potatoes of this episode. It was all of this. So while he's in this room, he starts getting other memories. He does another deep flashback where he recalls just he was his, in the room with his dad. And his dad was like, hey, lay down on the ground. It's like, okay. He lays down. He puts a speaker next to him. He starts playing some heavy metal you know, rock music. And he says, all right, before the world went to shit. This is what it felt like to be in a concert. So he tells him, close his eyes. Close your eyes. So he closes his eyes. He has a speaker next to his head. I'm like, is this some kind of torture or some shit? But then the dad lays down next to him. And this is a bonding moment. He was like, yep. He's like, he closes his eyes. Like, yeah. Now imagine people talking and bumping into you and all this stuff. And you could feel the music. You could feel the energy. And he's getting all into it. And he's like, do you feel it, son? Do you feel it? And he's like, yeah, I feel it. So it's like at the same time, he's hearing his dad now as a walker banging on the door. But then he's also reflecting and remembering this fond moment. And here's another thing. When people are trying to, and we discuss this off air, trying to figure out, oh, is this first wave? If this happened before, all the craziness. When Silas had ran into his room, and he, the first thing he did was open up the window, but then he started shaking the bars. There was bars on his window. Now, I know some. if you live in a bad neighborhood and you, your apartment is the first floor you know, or your house is in a bad area, you may have bars on the windows. But he was really banging. And these are thick bars. I've never seen these type of bars on the windows. So for that and then the mention that the dad did, the mentioning of before the world went to shit. This is what a concert felt like. So this tells me there's already a zombie outbreak. They know about this. This wasn't like, holy shit, this just happened. I can't believe this. They know of this. So I know we said a little bit and we was like, save it for the show. So what did you guys think? Did you pick that up? Or Dana, I know you had your own view of what was going on during this time period. Yep. I don't care what anyone says he's still a part of that kind of first wave situation and I feel that it's because um, one you kind of see how everyone is out and about like it's normal for me especially with that whole neighbor situation knocking on the door to make sure that you're okay and the fact that she was in like you know did he turn or or, you know is anything zombie-ish going on in there Mm -hmm. to me I felt that she was perfectly fine with her safety so she wasn't afraid you know thinking that it would be a house full of zombies also for me i'm not really sure on this time period but during this it seems like during this time this is when huck was busy being a soldier and was remember when she was had to kill all those innocent Mm -hmm. people we didn't know whether or not they turned so if you're gonna for me and remember they had that conversation it was very brief but it also explained if you pay attention to any of the interviews that the creator of the show did and it was um they was 
the two soldiers that was behind Huck were saying, you know, oh, it came from from space, and someone breathed it in. That's the actual origin story of where this came from. Um, I kind of felt that that was during the exact same timeline as um, this kid is going through his situation now. So I feel that this was part of that whole first wave situation. And that his dad turned. Now, he didn't, the fact that he didn't say, oh my God, you know, would you, um, are you, you turn into a walk or anything? It, to me, it seemed like he was genuinely didn't understand what was going on. It was general, genuinely afraid of his, for his life. Because to me, it just didn't seem like something he put two and two together, like, oh, my God, he's a walker. It was one of those situations where he kind of walked into the, it was also weird, the setup. He got the dad to go inside the closet, mm-hmm. and he played the music. See, and I, that's I, I thought that's what I thought. I thought it was a closet, but it clearly wasn't a closet because then he, you see later, and we'll get to it, the dad is downstairs. I don't. Yeah, so, I don't understand. I think it was the cutting. I think it was the it editing was, that was, was really editing. choppy. So I'm thinking. But to me, it felt like up. a closet. This is what I'm thinking. Yeah. Envision this. Envision this. He goes up. He w- turned the hallway. He sees the parents' room. He sees his dad standing there. Right? Dad turns around because remember there was a lamp that was next to Silas. He had it in his hand and that looked like a lamp that was like on a like near a bed. But then he pushes him. Then he went running down the hall, went into his bedroom. And it def- definitely must have been his bedroom because he had his music equipment there. He had his tape and all that stuff in his headphones. So it must have been his room. So then I'm thinking that that was it. The dad then wandered from the bedroom down the hall to his bedroom and started banging on Silas's door the whole time. So then that was it. Yeah, because at first, like you, I sort of thought it was a closet. But I'm like, no, because we weren't in this room. This wasn't, no, if anything, it would have been that Silas would have been in a closet. I don't know. Weird layout. Keep going. Um, so, yeah, the whole situation was weird. And for me, I thought when he turned on the music to lay down, he was hoping that his father would kind of switch back. Because so you're, if you're in that, yeah. So you're thinking, so now I'm changing. All right, so wait a minute. So you're thinking that maybe he doesn't know that his, da- his dad turned into an empty or a walk or whatever. You think he no, just looks like he's he crazy. he does not know that. He's just crazy. I, that he blacked out. He's in some form of a craze. I don't think he fully realized that he killed his dad. Because if you look at what happened when he smashed, he smashed them in with the with the pitcher. He smashed them and he gashed. He had two gashes on his, both sides of his face. But what it was, it was the stab wound to his abdomen that I think really was the one that killed him. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Because we don't see him beating until later. So for me, I think that he didn't know what in the world was going on and he thought that that music because you know the dad was really into the music there's certain things when you get into that anger mode that you can help someone snap them out of it and he thought that that music would kind of calm it down and block out whatever was going on so we'll get into that music because he blasts the music and then he starts thinking about the, of that memory, and then he it switches to another point where he's like, you know what? Forget it. He lays down himself in, in that present flashback, puts on the headphones, cranks up the volume. It's like, fuck, I'm just gonna lay here. I'm gonna zone out. Forget about, about the fact that this my madman dad is banging on the door, and just forget about it. And the first thing I popped up is like, yeah, the mom is gonna die. This is what I was thinking. I, I completely forgot that the mom had testified at, at that point, but because so that, that tells that, us that she did survive. 
But it was still, it's like, oh, you're not worried about your mom. But then, you know what? That probably goes to what you were saying, Dana. He probably doesn't know anything about the war. He probably doesn't know that his dad turned. He probably thinks his dad is just flipping out. So, mm-hmm. so anyway, eventually the tape stops playing. And I guess he doesn't have one of those auto-flip tape decks because it would have just continued from side B. But it stops. He takes a headset off and he realizes, oh, the, the banging has stopped. There's nothing else going on. So he, he walks over and he doesn't hear anything. And then all of a sudden we hear mom's home and she's like, Silas, Silas. And he's like, wait a minute, what's going on? And then you hear, ah, you're screaming and all this stuff. So he opens up the door. He goes running down the hall. Yeah. And he goes down the stairs and you see zombie dad attacking mom. So that's happening. He runs over. He grabs the dad. He's fighting with him. And this is where I, he, he doesn't black out. I don't think this is a blackout moment. And here's the thing. We do all this. These flashbacks that we're seeing, this is not for just us. This is Silas remembering. Because we see real quick within these, and if you've seen the episode, you already know what I'm talking about. We saw with the, with, between these flashbacks, it cuts to Silas just looking up at the stars with his eyes closed. It's like it's all coming back to him. You know, like, yes, he blacked out and he, I think that's genuine when he says he blacked out. He didn't know at the time, but I think now in this moment, when I, what I gathered from this, when he closes his eyes and he looks up, you know, or he puts his head up at the sky, he just takes a deep breath and we get these flashback moments. It's him remembering, holy shit, that's right. That's how this happened. And then the dad attacked him and he squeezed his head with like all his might, his anger. And you see everything just like popping and and blood vessels, everything squirting his hands, just like digging deep into the skull. Really cool effect. And then he just drops him down and then just starts banging his head against the ground, just like a madman. And I guess you're right again. Now that I think back, Dana, that would explain the mom's reaction of like, holy shit, you just murdered your dad because she just sees this madman. It just, I mean, the, the dad attacking, but then she sees her son just bashing the shit out of him. So maybe because he didn't bite her, she doesn't know that he had turned. So Because here's well, the thing. When he gets to her, he's basically, it looks like he's trying to strangle her, even though he's grabbing her down, and we know that he's trying to bite her. To her, that whole thing was an ambush. She comes into the door, she comes inside the house, and then you have the husband, who already has a history of that abusiveness, just looks like he's trying to strangle you. And then all of a sudden, you just see this your son black out, and not just like knock someone down, but literally beat someone to death that whole thing is like confusing and chaos and you see that he's already bruised from before so you don't even know what you stepped into or whether or not there was a fight or if your son just snapped and finally killed him you were gonna say something rich you agree with that uh i i i was gonna say i agree with the points that have been made but i i also was gonna add that uh, to go to the comment you made earlier about when the dad had the conversation in the flashback with Silas about this is we're going back to a time before the world went to shit. Uh, I don't believe that at that point this uh, it you know whatever's happening with this uh, outbreak it's not widespread at that point yet because. It, it, it would explain the mother's reaction of thinking that okay yes she didn't really acknowledge that. The father is a zombie, and then it also explains how in the previous episodes, when when Silas has had the flashbacks, 
where you know the police came, the ambulance came, he's still arrested. It, 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 to, from my perspective, it looks like the world is still operating under normal circumstances, and there is not an outbreak. So maybe, yet. so maybe what he meant as the world going to shit was maybe maybe toward like a musical issue like he feels like they're all this pop music and other things are playing because the song they were playing i looked it up yeah. it was like an 80s band playing an old song i mean they they had glam rock hair this band i've never heard of them and i, and I listened to a lot of rock and metal i was like who the hell is this but uh so maybe that's what he was doing because then he mentioned oh i was at acdc show and uh, you know they almost, they almost blew the roof off the place and stuff so maybe it's just a music thing and this is a way of him just trying to connect with his son of like hey i listen to rock i listen to this stuff hey maybe you'll like it too this is the type of concerts I used to go to. His son in that early flashback looks kind of young to even consider going to a concert. So I don't know. But yeah, because that's the other thing. And in those flashbacks, Silas is much younger. He's mm-hmm. definitely a much younger kid. See, what, maybe nine, ten? Y- younger and also skinnier. Because you remember when they had that fight, he made a, made a mention about, oh, you're, you're oh, are you a pig? Yeah, yeah. Alluding to pig. the fact that Silas has put on weight and, you know, but again... The father is just overall abusive. It could be for any reasons, but that was definitely highlighted in that argument yeah, before yeah. when Silas took him out. I took pig as different. I thought pig is in like, are you sloppy? Because remember, the house was so clean and pristine. Yeah, it's very clean. It, 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 it definitely could mean that. Pig. Well, it, it definitely could mean that. Yeah, it could mean that also. I mean, it, it could mean it could mean any of these things. But I, I, that was the comment I heard when he mentioned that, and I said, yeah. And then I look at how Silas was at a younger age. Clearly, you know, a lot, a lot, a trimmer uh, looks a lot different, and now older. Yes, is put on some some pounds. So I didn't know if it was referring to that also. We've all gotten fat. So. Well, then, here we go. So, during this whole time of all these flashbacks, there is something going on in the present day while he's uh, tied up out there. There is, like, we all assumed, like, shit, that's got to be an empty somewhere around there. And sure enough, there is. But the the house that they're in that area has a fencing. Well, there's one that this entire time when he's having these flashback memories that's been banging itself against the, the, the fencing there. And eventually, I don't know how it has the strength to do it, but it does it. It, it breaks his fencing down, falls down, and now it's crawling toward him. And he sees this, but he still, he's like, ah, whatever. He leans his head back. He's like, ah, I'm just going to start remembering the good old days of when I killed my dad. So he's just doing all that. And he never calls out for help. And there's once we're done with all these flashbacks, and I'll mention just the last part of that flashback. After he did all the head banging for his dad, he looks at his hands and he sees all the blood on his hands. And that is a call back to the earlier episodes when Silas used to get those flashbacks. Remember those really quick glimpses? And we would see him looking at his hands and the blood like, whoa, well, that's it. That comes from that moment because now it hit him like that shock. It's like, holy shit, I just bashed the shit out of my dad's head on the ground. I just did this. And he looks at his mom and the mom is terrified on two fronts, probably from the dad. But then, damn, my son just did this. And poof, we're back in present day. His head's back. He's looking up at stars. He opens up his eyes, and he knows he's still alive. And he looks over in his hope, and she's like, "What the hell? Why didn't you scream? Why didn't you say anything? You know?" And, and you know, I still think you killed Tony. And he was like, "Then, then why did you save me? You know, why do you give a shit?" She's like, "Well, we've had enough death already." And then she leaves him, and she goes back in. And right there, I was like, "That doesn't make much sense. That was dumb." So, 
So I, there's a question that I wanted to ask, and I specifically wanted to wait until we started recording this show so I could ask you both this question. So if in that particular moment you said Silas was reflecting on what he has done with his dad, because, yeah, we must admit he did kill his dad. You know, he killed him twice. He killed his dad, and then he killed the, the dead version of his yeah, dad. Yeah, he the true death. So, 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 so here's a question for you both is if in that moment – Silas actually accepted that and then he didn't get saved and the empty took him out. Do you think that would have made this a better episode or were you satisfied with, with him getting saved by uh, the person who this whole episode didn't really believe that he was innocent? Uh, All right. So there's a, there's a little issue I have with all of that because of what happens later on. And again, mm-hmm. I really hope people, you guys watch this episode and you're doing this just for the recap to see if you missed anything. Because he does mention later on that he freed himself throughout the night. So I feel at any point he could have left or what I was thinking is he could have just, for me, the ending would have been, it's like, you know what, after reflecting what he did for survival for him, from his dad, this empty is coming close to him. He gets up, he kills that thing, and he says, you know what, I'm out. I'm just leaving. Because eventually that's what happens. But that, for me, would have been a better... I don't think it would have been satisfying to see him just die from there. Because then no one gets any answers from all of this. And it's like, wow, did he Did he not do it? Did he, it doesn't matter. He's dead now. I mean, I personally don't think he did it. I still don't think he did it. I think once we find Percy, I think Percy is a con man and himself. And I think he's out there. <laughs> and he's figured out some way to do it. And he'll play another role in this. You know, or maybe, maybe there's something even more. Maybe it has something to do with Huck. Maybe Huck is orchestrating all of this. Yeah. Because maybe well, even when Huck was saying, you know, I'm sorry, meaning I'm sorry, I just screwed you. I had to set this up because I need you out of the picture. You know? Well, it, there certainly is proof of that in this episode. How she so, knew how he had access to all that stuff. She went into his bag and showed that stuff to Iris. To to to, to Iris. So yeah. clearly, clearly, she, you know. Oops, no, go ahead. And and but also another thing that kind of had me wondering because of the placement of the flashback, I kind of wondered if that's what happened to Tom through something that we didn't see. Tom got bit. Tom turned. Tom tried to attack um, the kid, and he flipped out and bashed him in the head with that wrench, and locked himself in that little cubby thing. You mean Tony? Tony. Oh, I was like, Tom? I like, Wait, what I miss? I, miss I said Tom. Oh, goodness. I meant Tony. Right. But yeah, that's what I just, I kind of wonder. And Percy's fled the scene. See, because that's, that's, yeah, could, I thought about that when I first saw it. I was like, well, maybe he did get bit. Maybe something happened. But, and yeah, there we go. Maybe a Silas blacked out by killing him, just like he blacked out killing his dad. That's everything. But that doesn't explain why Percy's missing. So Percy just could have just fled, just in general. So because the last time we saw Percy, Percy been gone. That was the issue that we had. Because remember when during back with the other episode when she, uh, Percy set up that whole thing with the van to make it look like the museum, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. and he never yeah. came in there. But but he also. He, I don't see that as a, a farewell. I don't think he was leaving. I thought that this was another attempt for him to woo her. Like that was it. It was like you know, I'm gonna really or distract her, or distract her. But Rich, you said you were, it sounded like you were gonna jump in for something. Uh, I, I do want to say something, but I, I have to wait until we get to the end of the episode because oh, I, right. I, I, yeah, I, I have oh, another right. theory, but I'll right. wait until. 
right. Yeah. So the, here's a quick little segment, but this uh, had a lot into it, even though it was a short scene. We see uh, Iris and Elton laying down, sleeping next to each other. I guess they were all in a circle. I don't know their sleeping arrangements, but they were laying down. And they start talking about all this stuff. And Elton still feels that that uh, Silas is innocent. But he brings up a, a point. He was like, you know what? There's no laws out here. Uh, there's everything that we know and the rules that we abide by back at the university don't apply out here. If anything, this would be sort of like a group vote situation. And he tells Iris, which was very surprising, I see you as a leader. You are, really? I don't see that, but he did. I see you as a leader and your vote counts. And from, I guess, doing his own math, her vote would be the deciding factor if if Silas stays with the group. Because there was one point when Silas, uh, when uh, Iris is talking with Hope and she said, well, everybody makes mistakes, you know, things happen. And I'm saying to myself, oh, so you're basically giving everyone at least one murder a pass. If you kill one person, it's a non-walker or empty. Yeah, we can look past it. Because she was like, well, maybe he was out to help me. And so she's still in her mind on the fence of maybe he's still a good guy. She doesn't fully see him as what everyone else is saying. It's like, oh, no, he straight up killed him. Well, we don't know that for sure. Yeah, all the evidence is pointing toward it. But I just found from that moment it was funny how Elton refers to Iris as a leader of this group. Did you guys get a kick out of that? Or did you just like, oh, yeah, I guess so. No. Then you kind of almost say that she was a leader and when the when the series first started. At the she had that gun ho attitude. Oh, at the yeah. beginning, at the school, yes, but not during this journey because this journey, it, it's pretty much been um, hope. Hope has been guiding all this. I know Iris has been wanting to do it, but it's mainly hope that was organizing a lot of things. She was the one leaving the trail for Felix and Hux. She was trying to plan things out because she knew that we're going to need help. So I guess. <laughs> You could, yeah, maybe she's a co-leader, I guess. I don't know. I, I'm just not really, I, I didn't connect I mean, she's, with her, no. She's solving maps and everything else. She and yeah, yeah, her yeah, first yeah, little right. walker. Yeah. I, you I, know, I, she's I guess, Yeah, I guess what I get out of it is that I'm just saying, I don't see any leaders in this group. I, I see, I feel like everybody is sort of lost. We got Huck and Felix just going along for the ride, or at least we thought Huck was. And... They're just on this mission. No one has a set plan, is what I'm getting at. Yes, she may seem like she had it, but she doesn't. Because we heard even before, in the previous episode, when Felix was talking to Tony. And he's like, where, where are you guys? What's going on now? What's the next step? He's like, I don't know. We got this truck. You're going to help us drive. But we don't know what we're doing. We have no way of trying to rescue him. That probably was done off camera. But we don't know if he told Tony the full story. And this is why I think that Huck had something to do with it. Because maybe Felix did spill the beans of everything. And as we will find out later with Huck and what her motives are, the, she's probably trying to reduce any contact that they have with people not part of the group. Especially those that want to tag along. And I think once we saw that announcement in the last episode where Tony and Percy said, Hey, we like you guys. We're going to stick around. Yay. I mean, they, the camera never panned to Huck to see if she was cool with that. So so, See, I had so, a different theory. Oh, sorry. Oh, no, go ahead. Uh, you, 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 just give me one quick second. I'll just add this. Since you brought that up right there, Adam, what I was going to say later is that I, I do believe she is the one that orchestrated what happened to Tony for that reason. Mm. Because All right. it, would make, it would make more sense. And because, you know, by, because let's recall, she was with the group. 
prior to that happening. Yeah. Um, so she definitely has to be considered a suspect as helping to make sure that all these events played out so that it can only be the focus of that group being the ones that need to get to the the, the destination. But uh, go go ahead, Dana. No, I was going to just kind of piggyback off of that with that theory in the sense of remember how we went back to the CRM and they're kind of working on some form of an egg cure and you can clearly see that it's not working. And so I would assume that they're using some kind of form of an injection to order to, to see the vaccine. So in a weird way, I feel that we all know what Huck is really about now. Maybe she was the one who kind of infected. I'm still going with the theory that Tom turned. And it was because Huck maybe injected him with one of those vials that they're using at the CRM. And knowing that, Silas would end up killing Tony. Mm -hmm. And that's how you create that whole distraction thing. What happened to Percy? Maybe Percy, in the midst of that, walked in. To see what was going on and right. fled. Right, right. You know what? We'll get. We'll, in fact, we have a lot of thoughts on it. So once the ending, we'll all bring this up again. We'll come up with our theories because we're almost at the end of this episode. It actually, it, it was a lot of just flashbacks, but it was kind. Of, it felt kind of quick. The entire episode just moved pretty quick, which is always a plus. Didn't seem like it dragged. Not a lot of filler. So we get into uh, the daylight now, and it's the next morning, and Iris goes out there to go and talk to Silas. And then we just see Silas just standing up. And again, in my head, I'm thinking the Saw moment. Because he stands up and he's taking over. He's like, I freed myself throughout the night. Dan, dan, dan. And you see Iris's face, her eyes wide open like, oh, my God. And I was like, this is it. This is where he chokes her out now. You know, he was like, I've been waiting for this. You know, but he did say he was waiting for morning to tell her. And he's like, you know what? I did it. I did all of it. Like, I killed my dad. I killed Tony. I killed Percy. I'm the bad guy. I'm a killer. He's just like that. Straight face, too. And I'm like, da, 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 da. I was like, that's the day he's going to kill her, too. That would have been awesome, but it did not happen. He says he's sorry. He's glad that he met her. And she was like, oh, but you kept my drawings. What's up with that? And he was like, they were beautiful drawings. And she was like, oh, okay. I was like, I'm not going to deny that. Thanks. Pretty good drawings, right? But that was it. She was cool with it. And he's like, all right, well, I'm going to leave. He's like, you sure? Yeah, I got to go. That's it. I'm done with all this. And then she just, you see her turn do you turn walk back into the house and everybody's just you know hanging out and she's like hey um he's gone he left it's like oh really and this is a key part and this goes again we're, we're gonna have our discussion right at the end because we all have our thoughts because a lot happened at that last scene but we see huck talking to, to felix and she looks out the window she's like you think he's gonna come back and he was like, no, I don't think he's going to come back. And I wrote my notes. I'm like, of course he's not going to come back because you're not going to be here. You know, you guys are still moving. Remember, you're going toward New York. This isn't home base. He's, uh, You're not sticking around. I'm assuming that it's morning time. You're going to pack your bags and then just get back on the road. You still have the truck, right? That's what I'm thinking. It's gonna, but the fact that she looked out the window and was like, you think he's going to come back, meaning she is going to try to kill him the next time because she needs to get him out of the picture. You know, so real quick, do you guys want to say anything about these two scenes here? I was slightly confused. Oh, well, no, I wasn't confused. I just wondered if this was kind of he, because we all know that he could have easily just left earlier or walked back inside the house and got some warmth and some comfort. Um, but I wondered if this was kind of his way of punishing himself for what happened. 
So he just kind of stayed out there with the cold, yes. and even if the, the walker was going to come and eat him, so be it. That would be his punishment for everything that has happened in his life. Mm-hmm. Well, I, I think um, I think it was right. that under the stars, and this is the thing that bothered me with the title of this about the the the, the skies of graveyard is that that conversation happens between Silas, I mean between Iris and Elton, and they're in the house. <laughs> you know, they, right? They were in the house when that happened. That they weren't looking at the stars. They weren't outside. If anything, that conversation would have been great if Elton and Silas had that when they were when he went to visit him outside. But right, I'll keep going. No, no, that yeah. So because of that, he kind of he stayed outside, and he kind of just came to the decision that he would just leave. Which I wondered if he we we kind of knew that he was always going to leave because he didn't want to bring any harm towards that group. But I also wondered if he knew that they was okay with leaving or if they would kind of fight for him to stay. And I don't think that he felt that confidence in them. So he left. Um, yeah, but it, oh, I, I feel that, they, yeah, I, it, it, part of me felt like it was like a spur of the moment thing because he didn't have any supplies. He doesn't have his bags. He has nothing just the clothes on his back. Which, That's again, it. would go into that whole punishment thing. If I die, I die. Well, yeah, no, I, I, I agree. He is ready for death because we saw when that Walker was getting close. He did not scream. He didn't do anything. He just closed his eyes and leaned his head back. He was like, "Fuck it, it's about to happen. I'm gonna let it happen." You know. But you know what? Let's get to it. This is it. Final scenes, and this is powerful scenes here. Powerful scenes for me. This this made the episode. It wasn't a great episode, as you see. We pointed out some issues with the storyline and just uh, the the overall layout. But this here, this actually brought a lot of storytelling to light for this the season i don't know if the season's going to continue in this way but we'll see so we see elton inside the house after hearing all this and he's talking to hope and he says you know what i'm leaving i'm going after him he needs me and she's like but you said we were family like yeah he's family and he has no supplies he has nothing he needs somebody and i still believe in him i don't think he did this so i'm gonna be there for him and uh i like i said you know what? i think this is my journey i think i was i'm this is what i'm meant to do i'm also gonna go find my mom and i'm gonna find my baby sister and he's saying all that and you just see the, the camera does a great job of just painting to hope's face because then he's hugging her and she's just crying now like oh no and she's like no you're not no you're not and she says you know what this is it she starts crying she says i'm gonna tell you everything and he's like what's what, what's going on and he takes she takes the chain off and she puts it in his hand he still doesn't recognize it and i guess maybe because he was very young when it happened he was a kid. But uh, he does not understand. <laughs> yeah, and so she puts it in the hands, like, and then she starts telling him the story. Saying, you know, my mom, I was with my mom, and it was during the, the day the night the sky fell, and she, your mom was frantic, and all this. And you see his eyes, like, like Wait, what's going on? And it does like almost like a little side montage that's still happening off in the background, but we now see that he has way too many bags with him. I mean, the guy looks like he's headed to the airport. He's got two big duffel bags. He's got it on his back. He's got each handful of bags. I'm like, how far does he think he's going to be able to go carrying all these bags? You know, so while she's telling him this whole thing, we see that he's already he had left, and he falls down. And I thought there was going to be some relevance to this, but unless I'm wrong, you guys can jump in. He sees a walker on the ground, some distance away. It wasn't close enough to attack, and it seemed to be trapped. But that wasn't a walker that we knew. That wasn't Percy or anyone, 
right? Or an empty, I should say. Right? That was just, just a general empty. That was a general yeah, that, one, all right, all right, cool. it was important. It was important in a way because I guess he sees that and then he started thinking back about his mom and all this stuff. And then he really breaks down. We see him crying and, and just all upset about that. But uh, sure enough, we do another little quick jump and we see our boy Silas and he's just out on an open road. Literally, it looks like an open road area. Nice, clear road. And he's walking and he has his headphones on. And he has a weapon. What was that? Like a stake or something? But he's got something because there is an empty in front of him. And he just cracks it over the head. Cracks it over the head and keeps walking. It does a quick cut back to um, Elton, who's on the ground crying, looking at now at the, the chain from his mom. But then he dusts himself off. He gets up and he continues on his journey. He's just going out there to go find Silas with all these bags. Way too many bags. But uh, the part that I didn't understand was a quick part, and I guess maybe just it was a bad cut. They cut back to Silas, and we see him walking, but it's a front shot again, and he doesn't have the headphones on. Did you notice that? He had the headphones when he's walking, yep. and he hits. Yeah, I, I noticed that. Yeah, and then when they cut back again, so it's not like a big time jump. It's supposed to be we're just cutting right back to see his reaction, to see his face one last time after killing that walk, that empty there. He doesn't have the headphones on. So I'm like, yep. ah, this wasn't a consistent cut. This was this is something else. I think, I think I think that, that was also symbolism of him, you know, no longer – Listening to the headphones, you know that they, they they made mention of oh, that. So you think it was on purpose? Times. You think it was on purpose? Oh. Yeah, yeah, yeah. They they made mention of that multiple times in the flashback. You know the whole incident where he, where they teased that the father was doing abuse when they were at the dinner table. So I figured that was also him saying goodbye to. Now that he's accepted what has happened with his father, he's just saying goodbye to all of that, and he intentionally left that behind. Yeah. Oh, I took it as something different. Oh, go ahead. I took it as they use music to bond together and for also for him to calm down. Yes. That's why he's always using music. Oh, that That's and his dad, turned... his, his grandpa's conversation reading scripture. Remember? He had the tape mm-hmm. of his grandpa's reading scripture. So, yeah, and I that can go with that. keeps him level-headed. And mm-hmm. so now without that music, he is his true form. <laughs> <laughs> mm. You know, like the Hulk thing. So, yeah. yeah. That's good. That's a good explanation. All right. Yeah, that, that could be it. But you know what? This is it. This is the end credit part. And Dana, this is all you. you Wait, can lot. I just really quickly say something? Backtrack for five seconds that right. I was really angry what? that um, Hope would tell Silas this. Oh, we knew it was going to happen. Come on now. He, you, no, 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 no. That, that's not the fact. The fact Elton. that she would tell him this, Elton, that she would tell Elton this. As he was going off on his own, where he—that is a huge distraction—and now you're by yourself. Yeah. So I well, thought that was really selfish. Well, I, I you know, I, I knew that this moment was coming. Uh, it was not uh, as satisfying as I hoped because I, I, I want there to be some retaliation. Uh, so the fact that he just walks off and just says, "Oh, whatever," take her. It's that was a little, little disappointing. I didn't like the fact that he sent her out there during the whole death thing. That was not that was not cool. But um, with the final scene that we knew it was happening since episode one, probably um, it goes into we we find Huck because remember Huck has those random moments where she just disappears 
for it may be a couple hours or days on end. Remember, she has 42 hours, right? So anyway, it goes to Elizabeth, and Elizabeth is not in her little fancy compound. It looks like to be a like a trailer home, right? And she is sitting down, and there's like the security guard she's talking with, and they're wondering, you know, where is she? Where's she at? That kind of thing. We don't know who she is. And the guy is saying she's going to come. She's going to come. And there the door opens and comes another man who's armed and then walks in Huck to no one's surprise. And comes Huck. She comes in and Elizabeth starts talking about, you know, how's the package? Is the package secure? And that we have to keep going. The asset. The asset. Now, it wasn't assets, which is very interesting. It was asset. Yeah, they, they only care about Iris. I think that's uh-huh. all it's been about. It's always been about Iris. I don't think they care about Hope and uh, definitely not the other boys. <laughs> or it could have been, it could have been um, Felix. No. Well, you got it. Like, Will is there, so you know asset. Nope. Cold-blooded. Anyway, so... You know, she's talking about is the asset secure and that it's going to be secure and that, well, this was before Huck walked in. She's talking to the security guard about the asset and the asset being secure. And we know where the asset is at all times because we have that person who's with the asset. That asset, you know, we don't know yet, but you say it is hope. I say I don't know. Um, Anyway, Huck walks in to no one's surprise. And we know that Huck is working for the CRM. She's one of them double spies. So she's trying to get the group to the campus where the CRM is, where the father is, because the asset. Um, those times when she's been disappearing, remember she said she had 48 hours. That's where she's been. So before when we saw her, remember you said that was a nice little bunker. That was probably a CRM bunker mm-hmm. that she was in, that they have, you know, sprinkled about black site. Yeah, I don't yeah. know. So, um, she talks about, you know, whether or not everything is secure and everything is going on according to plan. And yes, everything is going according to plan. The thing is, is that she has a tendency to also be late. So you see that Elizabeth is sitting down. She's kind of looking at something and it's this very nice watch. It's a fancy watch, like a men's watch. And she hands it over to Huck saying, hey, don't be late. And she says, is this dad? So we don't know who dad is. Um, but she says, is this dad? Yes, this is dad. And that's when she walks out. So we already know that she's working for CRM in order to bring in the package, which kind of makes me wonder if she already knows that the campus is no longer there. Like everyone is gone and dead. All right. Now we can get into what we think is happening here. And I think this is pretty bad storytelling only because they've been trying. Hope and Iris want to see their dad. If the plan was always to have at least Iris or Hope, whichever is the asset, go get to this area so they can use as leverage, which is what I'm thinking, use as leverage to get the dad to work with them, then why not just say, hey, you girls want to see your dad? Let's get in the chopper. Let's go see your dad. Why go to all these lengths to have Huck go after them and make sure they're on the path, go through the trouble of building a raft or a boat, whatever you want to call it, to go across I, the Mississippi. For what? I, 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 I can answer that question. Because they want to take the viewers on a scenic route of what is going on with these characters. Because if, if, if that was the case, all of this would have happened in one episode. We wouldn't have a whole season. 
No, no, they, I, I get that. I get that. Yeah. But then they shouldn't have had this be the outcome. It should have been something else. Because once she said secure the asset, once we see that this has all been planned out, Huck is there and everything is planned out. Why? Because if obviously if Huck is there, she knows where they are. Just send a truck right now to go pick them up. Yeah, that's, that's true. Just pick them up. Oh, why do all this this trip to go see the Wizard of Oz when you know where they're at? Oh, oh, I, I, I think I know. Why? <laughs> okay, this goes back to the conversation with the A's and the B's. Remember the A's and the B's, and this also ties into fear as well, where you have an A B who is a, a regular person, and you have to test their mental and physical endurance. Yeah. So this is a so, test. This is a test. I feel that this is is a test, and that is why we're taking them on this long journey in order to test them. That whole situation with the guy and Percy, Tom, I feel was planted by the CRM that he probably worked for the CRM along with Percy, and. Mm. This was, you know, some type of way to see how the girls would react to new people and distraction. And to see how well their skills are. Also, the map with the invisible ink. Wasn't it just so random that all of a sudden he can, like, figure out that it was invisible ink? No, no. But he was into all that type of stuff. But really, who solved it all was Iris. Iris is the one that found the DNA location. But we don't know. Right. But again, we don't know where he came from we're only being told what they tell us and he's like yeah i was part of the circus and yeah this is my my uh sister's son we don't know that and oh i just randomly found that it was invisible no, ink only because to me i don't believe see, that see if that was the case then there was no reason for them to do that whole rouge thing of plant making believe he was dead to rob them and stuff that that's too elaborate they didn't need to do all that i think what happened is that Maybe Huck was on one of her communications with Elizabeth. Tony overheard, saw that, and they had altercation, and she had to kill him. And then she either beat or she drugged uh, Silas and put him in the closet. And was like, you know what? I'm just going to frame this dude, and I'm going to get him out of the way also. Because remember, that was the plan before. If Way back, if you remember when Felix was talking about what they were going to do. And they were like, we got to get these boys out of it. Maybe we can turn Elton. She's like, yeah, we can take the boys back. You take the boys back, I'll grab the girls. You know? So it was also to get I, Felix to go with the boys back to campus so she can bring the girls over to Elizabeth. See, I like, I like that theory. The reason why I don't know if it's 100% uh, – if that's 100% it is because she didn't and, and she nor Elizabeth mentioned anything about these other two guys uh you know but you got to remember this is before that because remember she said I only have 42 hours before they come back to find me this is in a way a flashback uh, of when they first reached the other side of the Mississippi remember yeah, she yep. said I'm going to go scout she ran off to get to them so this is before meeting those guys okay that's yep. that's why because she's already she's back obviously as we see where she's with the group so this is where she went when we all assume she went mm-hmm. to do something shady well th- we were right she went to do the this nice <laughs> that was the bunker yeah that was it she went to go f- tell her what's going on hey we're made it on this side this is what everything's going according to plan we're on track i only have a few hours they are going to come back for me so i have to go back and then that's when she said here don't be late here's a watch and yeah when she said is his dad it could be her dad or it could be leo dad 
You know, like, oh, this belonged to their dad, this dad's watch, you know, that guy. Who knows? Or maybe her dad is a big wig, and we'll find out later, you know, if there's a part with that. But I think that's where that whole thing comes up. But definitely, I have a feeling, and then with the Percy thing, I think Percy saw it. Maybe she attacked him too, but he escaped. And he ran off. And remember, even Felix said, said, the blood trail goes off into the woods, and then I lose it. And there's no body. So I think he survived, but he took off. And since there's no cell phones, he can't just call Iris and say, hey, you're in trouble. She's now who she says she is. It's too late. It's too late. So I, I, I think that's all. And we know she's cold-blooded. We know it. And they teased it in the last episode when she killed that guy she said she was going to help. Remember? Don't worry. Everything is calm. Everything's going to be good. I know how to amputate. I'm going to do it. Oh, okay. They hug and she kills him. It's like, yeah, do what you got to do. And, and not only did they tease it with that, but then they also, again, in, in that episode and in this one, mentioned that she would do whatever she needs to do to make sure the mission is successful. Yep. So that's why when they made mention of the asset, really everyone else is expendable just so long as Iris is protected yep. because they intend to use her for the future. Or maybe I don't see it as Iris. No, you know what? I think you're right, uh, um, which uh, Dana, because... Every time she says, let's separate and go venture off, it's Hope. She said, I'm going to go with Hope. I'm going to go. And we were assuming Hope Uh because she's scared that Hope, or what we thought, that Hope was going to open up her mouth to Elton and spill the beans. But it may be, Uh this is just to make sure Hope survives because Hope is the the key right here. So maybe that's what. But then again, it's like, shoot, you could have just. But you know what? Hmm? That's good. That's that's a very good theory since uh, Hope is the one who, from this show, it just seems that she she's very talented, but she does a lot. She gets she does a lot of things that gets herself into trouble. But she's very very smart in terms of knowing certain things when it, in, in regards to science, etc. So yeah, it could be hope. Could we'll continue. Be hope. But it's it's going to be interesting. But that's what we said. Like the the whole episode was like okay, pretty cool flashbacks. Just trying to figure it out. But man, this ending very strong for the story at least. Because now we're trying to put pieces together. We are confirming things like the Hulk issue. We confirm that now. But they threw in some little uh, curveballs here, especially with Elton wandering off. And I don't know if he's going to find Silas. He's carrying a lot of bags. He's moving real slow. (laughs) (laughs) I'm sorry. He's a small guy. He's got a lot of bags. It's not going to last long. He better No, you got Silas to kind of help. But that's not here. Unless he gets to the main road, and that is a long stretch of road, he can see him, and he screams out, Silas! He does something like that. Who knows? They I now, There's only two episodes left, so. Now, y'all know full well that this show is very good at the matter of convenience. I'm pretty sure he will find Silas, and they will survive and get back to wherever the hell they're going to. Well, here's the other thing. <laughs> From what we've seen, there's only one main road into this area. There was no other paths. It was just this one road into this land, this little area that they were at. So either way, when the group get into that truck and they go to leave, they're going to go down that road. So they might see them and say, hey, you need a ride? This could have been a whole... We've seen this happen before where they make it seem like, oh, man, everything's going to go in a different direction just for the next episode to just go back all in full circle. Nah, we're cool. Everything is fine. So What if if Hope or Iris, I, I think Hope, is the cure? That's why they're acting this way. Then you, they should have just picked them up. Say, hey, you want to see your dad? Yeah, let's go. All right, get in the helicopter. Let's go. That's that's it. And then the whole show could have been about like an escape from New York moment. They're just trying to escape 
the area, escape that compound, escape through the woods, cross the Mississippi, get back to the campus so they can, you know, set up their army or whatever they have. That would have been another way of uh, telling the story. But this is still bothering me that if this is the whole thing that that it's a test, sort of like the way Jenny and Fear the Walking Dead sent, you know, um, Victor over into uh, that room to clear out all the empties and all the walkers. See, I'm switching all the walkers in that warehouse. And it was like, all right, what, what was the motive? of it? What's the point? What's in there? There's nothing there. This was a test to you and you passed. What the hell? Mm-hmm. So that's what all this is, is a test to see if they yeah, can they survive and, and make it across mm-hmm. the Mississippi. I mean, they still had help. Everybody still worked together. She didn't do it alone. It wasn't her planning all this stuff out there. She did work on putting to the boat, not Hope, meaning Iris. She put together that boat along with the help of um, Silas. So... I don't know, but we'll see. Either way, it it got pretty good toward the end. So two more episodes, people, two more episodes. So this was our review of season one, episode eight, World Beyond. And uh, it was it was it was up there. It was it was okay. If if I were to rate it, it it gets a five or a six. It was it wasn't as bad as the last one. And it's, it's trying to give us a story. It's trying to fill in some of the gaps don't know if it's doing a great job we'll find out once we as we brought up some good points of the fact that we're not sure on 100 percent on what we think it's usually a good sign in a show because that means it's, I'm it's sure. got meat on the mo uh, oh you're sure okay well rich and i aren't f- completely sure we definitely know now <laughs> we know why i will know i mean we know that huck is there and the goal is to get them there but we don't understand why they're doing it this way what is the point you say it's a test I think it's just bad storytelling. They they had to figure out a way to just send these kids on a journey. And this is the journey. But we will see. Two more episodes. So, again, thanks for everybody watching and listening on iTunes and Spotify and on YouTube and over at thecoalition.com. That's Coalition with a K. Thanks again. And we will see you. Damn, it's late. We'll see you in a few hours tomorrow or later today for Fear the Walking Dead, the mid-season finale. All right, everybody. Peace.